Welcome, welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Welcome, Potterheads, to Pottercast number nine. I'm Melissa from Leaky. It is October 18th, 2005. This week, we have a little bit of a change. There's no modcast this week. We had some technological problems last night, which just made the whole thing go away. And it's a shame because uh, we talked about Potter parties, which I know a lot of you want to hear about, but you'll hear more about it next week, so make sure you tune in. This week's fan interview is mostly about Zachariah Smith, which um, is quite different. It's not a character we normally talk about. Our extendable ears will go back to our interview with Stuart Craig to bring you some more of what he had to say. And John Noe will join us for the mailbag to answer your questions. Kristen had some tie-ups, so um, she couldn't join us this week, but John was more than happy to take her place. And he is, as usual, John Noe, which pretty much says it all. At the end, we'll have some, um, well, there's a treat for our subscribers, you'll see. And now we'll go right to Sue Upton with Sue's News. We'll see you after. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hi everyone, Sue Upton here with your Harry Potter news recap for you. Congratulations are in order as Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was named Book of the Year at the first ever Quill Awards. J.K. Rowling and her book also won as Best Children's Chapter Book Middle Grade. These awards were handed out in New York and unfortunately Joe was unable to attend, but she did videotape an acceptance speech and that will be shown on the program that is broadcast here in the United States on NBC Television on October 22nd, so be sure to watch for that. Congratulations, Joe. Another book news, Hapla Prince was also released in China and Portugal in the past week as well. Well, we've hit the 30-day mark now until the release of the film, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We continue to see an abundance of images from the movie being released. We saw many new calendar scans, and those included some new shots of Gabrielle Delacour for the first time. We also saw some very nice character posters, including a great one of, of the trio. We also saw some very nice, still high-quality still images of Draco Malfoy, the Slytherins, a really good one of Victor Crumb in his Quidditch World Cup uniform. He looked very handsome in that, I have to say. We also saw some great new behind-the-scene um, images being released. We even saw, yes, you're hearing it right, Snape laughing. It was really quite exceptional. It's a pretty good picture, actually. Um, there's some really good funny pictures, though, of on the set as well of Cedric and Cho dancing, of Ron getting ready for the Yule Ball. You'll have to see that one to believe it. Um, there's some really good ones of Crab and Mad-Eye Moody. There's so many. Please be sure to check our website for all the additional images and poster scans out there. Warner Brothers has released the official production notes from the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. These production notes contain the complete cast list and they also include um, confirmation of the songs from the Weird Sisters Band. They include even one called Do the Hippogriff. Yes, that's right. Can't wait for that one. That should be good. The production notes in themselves are really quite good. They contain some new interviews with cast members, including some with Ray Fiennes, who talks a bit more about Voldemort. There's also a bit of description about his um, physical appearance in the movie, so that's kind of spoilerific. So if you don't want to see that part, don't read those notes. But there are some good interviews, though, with Brendan Gleeson and Miranda Richardson. Miranda plays Rita Skeeter, of course, and Brendan Gleeson plays Mad-Eye Moody. We also learned of a new um, 
television program WB is going to be running. We saw a commercial for it now. HPNA had a video clip of James and Oliver Phelps and Bonnie Wright advertising the special that's going to be running on the WB on October 29th. We also saw a great high-definition trailer released over on Apple. And if you hadn't seen the trailers before and you have the ability to see the high-definition trailers, they are phenomenal. I do urge you to check them out. Finally, we learned that the tickets are also going on early sale now. Fandango and MovieTickets.com are some of the places that are selling them online. So you can go ahead and book your tickets now. So for all your news and information, please check out our website, which is updated daily. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone. Now here we are back. We are back. We are back with Melissa Lanelli. And who else is here? Who is that guy? I'm over here. Who is that? Oh, that's that who's guy he? Who's, who's that guy? She? Who is that guy? I don't know. Can't see him. He's wearing a sheet. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. This joke is getting old. Yeah, well... Yeah, okay, I won't say good ones. Problems. Good jokes die hard. We have to save them so that it's still funny at the live podcast. Yes. Okay. No we actually do show it. up in a sheet. Yeah, I think I'll just hire somebody else to stand in a sheet, and I'll just go over somewhere and eat burritos. And spook them? And, and <laughs> they'll never know that it, I was never there. Good plan, John. I like that plan. A lot of news. A lot of other news, though. Film, film, film. Galore. It's always awesome. film news these days. You think it's like there was a movie coming out or something. You would think. I wonder why. <laughs> God, so many. If I see one more picture, I'm going to put them all together on a flip book and sell it for three bucks and be a millionaire when everybody has the Harry Potter movie. We've already. practically seen the film. The only thing we haven't seen hasn't been Myrtle and Lucius. Those are my you two are that we have not seen. I'm on it. see Lucius. I know. I love luscious. No, not even. Close. No, God, he's, he's evil. You oh, are the, exactly gorgeous. the person Dickie oh, Willen was God. talking about yes. being worried about, Susan. Oh, George, I will never go to the dark side, but I, me. I love Jason Isaacs. Oh, my okay, God. Jason Isaacs. Yes, Jason yes. Isaacs. In a wig, he's Rickman. looking fabulous. You know, he's great. That wig yeah. is just like high school <laughs> drama. Isn't he great? He's <laughs> cane too. I mean, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> Next. Uh, okay. <laughs> what on. else? Oh, well, we saw those great, that great high-definition trailer. Oh, that yes. thing was awesome. Yeah. Oh, totally. How about those screen grabs? Great. <laughs> the screen grabs that we haven't <laughs> got up yet. We yeah. haven't put them up. But we have screen grabs, guys. Yay. Yay. Um, they're not up. But no. we've seen so many pictures. They're just so, yeah. it's just, there's so much out there. But that was, like, such high-resolution that you could, you could, I don't know, you could like, what, what were they saying? You could read the Daily Prophet? You could. You could see it. It's it was really sort cool. of, yeah, it was sort of intense. You could like see the threading on Ron's um, yeah. jumper, you know? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and then Warner Brothers put out their big production notes, which was really cool. Um, all the cast yeah, lists, we can see reading. who was in there. And we, we got confirmation about the, the music. I'm looking forward to the um, Weird Sisters music of, do the hippogriff. Do the hippogriff. <laughs> That's what it, the songs. That's so cool. I just, you know, I just imagine the lyrics to that. So I don't know. I'm sure John can imagine do, the lyrics do, to do, that. Do, do, Could you do, sing do, that to do, us do. when that comes out? You got to sing for us, John. Okay. Do the hippogriff. Do, do, do. I don't know how the hell it goes. Do 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 do, do like the chicken. Oh no! So what do you do if you do the hippogriff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't just do that. I did. 
Excuse me, guys. I have to go die now. You guys finish the podcast. Uh, I'm such a dork. I'm sorry. Oh my god, you make me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, um, it's great. I think it's great. So, so okay. do the hit. What else was in the production notes? Ray Fine uh, talking Ray about um, Voldemort, and good, good for him. He's done his homework. He seems to really know what he's talking about. Oh, just so many good things about. You know, I mean, he studied, he's got the, the psychological part about Voldemort down, which is good. It's a relief. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Brendan Gleeson talked about Mad-Eye, but I thought that was interesting. Did How you so? read that? Yeah, yeah, apparently he's, I mean, he's talking very well about Mad-Eye and some history that we don't know about Mad-Eye, but I'm missing the where he's not really Mad-Eye. Yeah. Someone's got to fill that dude in. Yeah, well, he's actually, at this point, he's Party Crouch Jr. being... Yeah. Right. But what we what we probably don't well, that's aren't too appreciating. For an old guy like that. That's too complicated. No, John. <laughs> what? You're not gonna tell you a guy just... you're moody, but you're not moody. You're under a magic potion. He's gonna be like, "What the hell is this all about? I'll just be moody." And then someone probably <laughs> just said that was fine. Okay. That's what I oh, think. Oh God. Sometimes I just get stunned by John Noe. <laughs> Um, what I think, to get back to Earth here, what I think is going on is that Warner Brothers, remember, we can talk about these things like our fans have read it already, because everybody who comes to Leaky has read before, almost everybody. Yeah. A lot of Warner Brothers audience here has not read the book. Not, maybe not a lot, but there's a significant portion of people who only see the movies. That's true. So they can't say, oh, he's, <laughs> he's Mad-Eye Moody, but ooh! Oop, we give it away. So Barty Crouch. Yeah. <sighs> and see what else? What else? What else? Oh, oh well we have some some big leaky news. We have yes, a new editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay, Julie Tanyan. She is the sweetest thing since since Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she sort of she reminded me because we got we got so we got hundreds of applicants for this editor position. And I really honestly had not, have not, it's not like I went through some intense whittling process. It's that I, I've, I've narrowed them down to a bunch and I've been rifling through them, but Julie's name just kept floating up to my mind. She kept emailing us with news and she just had that same sort of enthusiasm and, um, persistence that, that made us hire Sue. And so I, um, you know, you have an instinct. You just think you just, when you just, when you recognize that you have an instinct about somebody, I just said, what the hell? And I emailed her and said, you know, come work for us. And she is. Yay. Very good. She's learning HTML right now. <laughs> We're very advanced at Leaky. Yeah, yes. <laughs> HT, write this down. She got an HTML for Dummies book. And right before we announced her, we sent out an accidental post. <laughs> so if you're subscribed to Leaky and you got this random post that says, I'm Julie, I'm here, that was an accident, guys. <laughs> Didn't mean it. Okay. Well, what's coming up? We have a fan interview. Somebody care to explain what the fan interview is about this week? Who's heard it? <laughs> I, I I'm about to edit it right after we record this, actually. We have a fan interview with Doris, conducted a fan interview. Mm-hmm. Very okay. good, Doris. And Doris, who I met, who was just lovely. She is yes. lovely, and she is interviewing a fan of Harry Potter Del. movies or books or both. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be talking about things that have to do with Harry Potter. Our extendable ears. We're going to go back to our interview with Stuart Craig and, and re. Um, yeah, I can't we believe he gave you a more. brand new interview. That's so it, cool. It's not him. a brand new interview. It's a, it's a bit of. It's a brand new interview. Don't tell him. <laughs> it's we have. We have a ton of stuff to play for you guys, but we're just doling it out in no, small bits. It's too bad we only Torture. do one show a week. Stinks, huh? Somebody ought to talk to the people in charge and increase the show load. Hey, when the people in charge give me enough money to not work and <laughs> do this all the time, we yeah. will we will talk about it. You too, John. Yeah, come on, people in charge. <laughs> you heard the lady. <laughs> Who are the people in charge? Oh, that's me. Oh, that's you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what the hell's... You're even talking about. Okay, anyway. And our mailbag. Yes, everybody. John Noe is in uh, this week's yeah. mailbag. I, feel, I filled in for this week. I hope you all don't mind. For Kristen, because Kristen's not around. Yeah. But I have a feeling that when Kristen comes back, John will still be here. Yeah, Yay. foursomes are company. They're fun. Yeah. On that okay. note. <laughs> Moving on. Let's Moving on to say the- goodbye. Enjoy the podcast, guys. And now, it's time for, in the fan corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Wicked. Hi, this is Doris Herman, or Darcy, from The Lounge. I'm here with Kaylee, um, whose name on The Lounge is also Kaylee. And uh, how are you doing today, Kaylee? Great, how are you? Great, I'm doing really good. Uh, Kaylee wrote to us in our Gmail account, wanting to... uh, discuss Zachariah Smith, and it was a really fascinating theory that she had, so I couldn't wait to share it with everyone else. Kaylee, why don't you tell us a little bit about your theories on Zacharias? Well, as soon as I read the book and started reading about Hepzibah Smith, who was bragging about being Helga Hufflepuff's descendant, I immediately made the connection to Zachariah Smith, who's also a Hufflepuff. It could be a long shot, sort of like Mark Evans and the whole to-do about that, but I think there's more of a connection due to the fact that he's a Hufflepuff. You know, that's really a cool connection, and and until I read that, I had not made that connection, so I found it fascinating. If there is that connection there between the two characters, how do you think that will play out further along in the series? Well, something that I also noticed is the fact that Zacharias left school, as did Harry, which makes me think they may run into each other outside of Hogwarts, um, perhaps when Harry's looking for Helga Hufflepuff's cup and decides to follow her bloodline and maybe makes the connection to the Smiths. Um, I sort of have this neat idea of Harry trying to get in the Smiths' house to dig around in their attic and being unsuccessful. <laughs> Ooh, that would be kind of scary, digging around in a wizard's attic. I have um, had the pleasure of reading some of your fanfics, and I noticed that Zacharias Mm -hmm. is a character that not many people write about, but you've Mm -hmm. used him in your fanfics. How do you use him in your fanfics? Well, before the sixth book, which really did change my characterization of him, um, I pictured him quite differently. He was much more, how to say it, he was much more political. He was very loudmouthed, but he had something to say. Uh, his mother was sort of flighty, a bit like Luna Lovegood. Um, he lived in central London, drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> Don't we <laughs> you know, all? Played hacky sack, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the sixth book, um, mostly the mention of his haughty father, really altered my perception of him. Because, although I'm unclear on it, I believe that only wizards can see Hogwarts, in which case his parents wouldn't be able to just waltz up if they were muggles. Which um, changed my idea of him, because originally I thought he was muggle-born. It seemed that way to me. 
Um, but now I think he's at least half-blood or pure-blood, it's very possible. Um, I think he probably is fairly well-off, stuck-up only child, um, very self-absorbed, very good at putting his foot in his mouth, because <laughs> he doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> and sometimes I've, I've read his character and really thought about it, and I, I feel like he's maybe jealous of Harry. Do mm-hmm. you think that? Um, I think that's part of it, but I tend to like to think better of Zacharias, and well, of course I think there's an element of jealousy, I think another part of it might be that he perhaps in some way looked up to Cedric as giving Hufflepuff such a good name, and the fact that Harry's this, you know, this skinny, unremarkable, nerdy little kid who's managed to do so much and managed to survive when Cedric, whom all of Hufflepuff idolized, died, I think that kind of angers him. It just doesn't seem very fair to him at all. One thing I also wanted to talk about with you is that um, one thing I know about Kaylee that you guys don't know is that Kaylee will be attending Elmira University in Florida, or in uh, New York, I'm sorry, and she is going to be a writer. She's majoring in English. That's fascinating to me because, of course, I'm I'm a little bit of a writer myself, but we've talked a lot about Joe Mm -hmm. Rowling's writing style, and we both really admire it. What are some of the mm-hmm. things you admire in her writing, Kaylee? Um, I'm particularly impressed with her characters. Um, she keeps talking about how she wants to write a book on all the minor characters, just explaining their background. And to realize that so much thought went into each and every one of these characters really makes them real. Um, and the fact that she can move between them almost flawlessly really stands out to me. The fact that she can go from Harry, a character that, that I absolutely adore, to Snape, a character that I absolutely loathe, and and make it work so well is just amazing to me, because I know that's a problem I have sometimes, is letting my voice get caught among the characters and having them sound too similar or think too similarly. Yeah, I um, I, I like the way the characters, too, are, are happy with who mm-hmm. they are, and, and that's one thing that... Um, is so fascinating. It's it doesn't matter what the character who the character is, they seem to be happy with who they are. I think that's a good message for mm-hmm. a writer to give um to give their reader. Oh yes. That's one of the things I'm most fond of Harry is the fact that he's you know, he's rather content with who he is. He's not happy with his situation, but I don't think he has too much problem with who he is as a person. And you know, he he doesn't let people push him around is another thing. That's something that I get into arguments <laughs> with people about very often is whether or not Harry's a pushover. Some people believe that he changed drastically in the fifth book, that his personality altered so much, and I really don't think that's the case. I just think he grew up, and it became more obvious, but he was always a fighter. Yeah. Now, in, um, in the... Uh Sixth book, I think. Yeah, sixth mm-hmm. book. I'm getting my books confused. Which, what is your favorite scene in the sixth book? Oh, that's kind of difficult. I have one, but all my friends are going to hate me for it. I I can't help it. I love the scene when Ron, Hermione, Harry, and Ginny are in the common room, and Harry's just started dating Ginny, and Ron and Hermione are kind of on shaky ground, but I don't think Ron's quite with, um, with Lavender at that point. I think he might have broken up with her, and they're all sitting around talking about Harry's hypothetical tattoo. It's just such an easy environment, and I wanted that so much for Harry. He was so happy then. It was just, I couldn't help but grin all through that. Yeah, he, he seemed like a normal young man, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, and he's so totally not normal. That's mm-hmm. great. What did you think of the kiss? The kiss? Um... 
Well, I had no problem with the kiss. I think that was that was very hairy of him to just go ahead and do it. Um, because it was interesting to see the contrast between the way in which he courted Cho and the way in which um, he courted Ginny. Because Cho was much more, I mean, even though she kissed him under the mistletoe, she was much more receptive and sort of waiting for him. And Whereas Ginny just ran up to him. And I think that also says a lot about their relationship. So the kiss I had no problem with. I would have liked uh, a bit more backstory on the Harry and Ginny friendship before it went to the relationship. I just wanted to see more of them together during the summer <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> well, and are you going to go see the movie when it comes out? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm really... Oh, no, they cannot. I'm really excited. I am. My kids are already making plans and, <laughs> you know, who they're going to invite and... and <laughs> That's really neat. We'll probably have a party afterwards. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, so everybody can come back and talk about it. And, and of everything that you've heard about the, the last movie, what are you kind of most exciting excited to see in the Goblet of Fire movie? Uh, Cedric, I'm very fond of my Hufflepuffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it because he's a Hufflepuff or is, is it because the actor is just really good looking? <laughs> well, it's that too. I'm not going to deny being completely shallow about it. <laughs> I, I adore him for his good looks, yes, but it's also because I'm really fond of Cedric. I think it was it's such a tragic story, but, you know, you can't help but read it over and over and sniffle, because that was the death that really got to me, um, which is horrible. Sirius's death really didn't affect me too much, but it might be because I have a really dark sense of humor, and the fact that he was killed by drapery wasn't lost on me. <laughs> but, um, you know, Cedric's death was just so sad. I mean, kill the spare. It's, he died just because he was there, and it was, and the fact that, you know, he and Harry agreed to take the, the cup so that they'd both win, and Cedric ended up dying as a result is just so heart-wrenching. I'm gonna ball in the theater. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to watch, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. I, totally shallow here. Watch an actor that's that good looking, and, and then he's just, <laughs> no, you can't take him from me. <laughs> so it, it's such a waste. Ah, oh. yes, yes, a waste of a, a very nice looking face. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna start the uh, liver die segment, and okay. you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say the names of of characters, and I'm just gonna ask mm -hmm. you to tell me if you think they're gonna live or die. Luna. Liv, she's too weird. Neville. I think Neville's going to live, if only because everyone keeps predicting Neville's going to die, and I think J.K. Rowling's just the type to, to keep him alive, <laughs> just despite us. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew. I hope he dies. Oh, kill him, Remus, please. <laughs> oh, that's kind of mean. <laughs> I don't care. He's horrible. I want him to die. <laughs> Draco. Die. Bellatrix. Um, I don't know. She's she's kind of obnoxious. I think she she might die. I think Ginny might be the one to kill her too. Lucius. Uh, I think he's going back to prison. Hagrid. I want him to live. Snape. Dead. Dead. No, I love Snape. <laughs> Dead. Oh, tell me about Zacharias. Is he gonna live or die? He has to live. Everyone else can die as long as he lives. I will make that trade willingly. <laughs> Okay, well, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to disagree with you on that one, but you know, just stand your ground there, Kaylee. <laughs> of course. Okay, now what about Harry? Um, I don't know. I really want to say that I think he's going to live, but again, with the, the hinting from Rowling about 
how, you know, how she feels so sorry for him and everything she has in store for him. And I'm hoping she only meant the death of his his parents and his guardian and Dumbledore when she said that. But I'm I'm worried, but I'm hoping he's going to make it. Yeah, I'm worried, too, because I know how the hero's journey normally turns out. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I worry about him, too. Great. Well, thanks a lot for talking with me today. I appreciate you spending these, this late hour on your... <laughs> Thursday evening chatting. It's great. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun chatting with you. Um, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. And uh, this is Doris Herman. You guys have a great day. Hey, everybody. It's Chad Noe with a brief announcement here. Pottercast is currently looking for a few more audio editors help in the production of the Pottercast. Each editor would be responsible for one segment of the show. Anyone with previous experience editing or mixing multi-track digital sound files and noise reduction and all that good stuff, please email us at staff at pottercast.com, and we will go from there. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing from everybody. Time to put on our extendable ears. Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic. Welcome to the extendable ears for Pottercast 9. This time we're going to bring you a clip from the interview we played a bit of back in the first Pottercast with Stuart Craig, the production designer on the Harry Potter films. He is the guy who oversees every single physical aspect of the Harry Potter films. This segment is brought to you again by darkcommandos.com. Now, in this segment, Stuart Craig talks about the challenges of movie five and what his role as production designer is and how it melds with the director's role. And also, he goes into the changing complexity of the movies and the role that technology is starting to play as movies get more and more advanced. Enjoy. Harry Potter has to do deal with his fame and his celebrity, um, uh, as well as uh, as personal loss, um, uh, a, a further death, the death of his godfather, um, Sirius Black. You know, hugely significant. But as I say, also this thing of dealing with his own fame, his own celebrity, uh, the resentment that causes. I mean, it, it is uh, very grown up stuff. It, the, the style of the novels um, is one of great attention to detail, um, and so there is a lot of detail, not just de- descriptive um, stuff about the, the classrooms or the environments and so on, but also in, in behavior and in the the elements of the magic and so on. Um, so the novels are stuffed full of detail, and, and there is a lot there. Um, in, I guess, if, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the novel is a novel, the movie is a movie. What, what reads well on the page can often be very internal, very, um, an emotional response to something can be incredibly effective. It can on screen too, but also it's, you, what's, what the movie requires is some visual impact from time to time and, uh, and orchestrating too. So you're, you know, your big moments are followed by uh, counterpointed with uh, rather sort of quieter, more intimate ones. Um, and so we do 
there's plenty still to do. As I say, she her descriptions are often very full and very complete and very detailed. But um, as I say, we often ramp up the scale of something, um, retaining the spirit of it and, and hopefully Joe Rowling's intention. But nonetheless, um, I'm sure, for example, the whole of Hogwarts is bigger than, than it reads in the novel. And, and the lake is probably bigger um you know uh the horizon is is the mountains of scotland uh it's uh the you know the wider context isn't isn't actually described very fully as i remember even in the early novels but uh um hopefully the movies have um have brought that and um as far as we know, um, you know, she she approves. We hope so, anyway. In in, in the early days, it, there was a rush to create the entire world, um, you know, in the six months of preparation. Now, ever since the first movie, um, a certain amount has been inherited, you know, from the from the previous film. So so the world does partly exist. That's not to say that you can't um, reinterpret it, certainly photograph it in a different way. Um, so incoming directors are... It, obviously introduced to that um, uh, made aware of what exists and and often require to change it and it's my job to obviously facilitate them you know so Alfonso Cuaron wanted to make certain changes and and indeed we did and uh, um, other than that my job is to take the take the script take the story my job obviously is to tell the story just like the actors and so on and so I will um, um, just as um, any other movie set about preparing sketches scale plans and so on come up with a little white card model and uh, and talk to the director about it in the very early stages and uh, you know obviously uh, that's it I, I do something present it um, if uh, if he approves of that then we progressively uh, finish it uh, you, you know deal, deal with the finishes deal, deal with the detail um, so it's an ongoing dialogue um, we start literally with the schedule for the movie um, first things first and uh, the each movie takes over just over a year to make six or seven, sometimes eight months of preparation and six or seven months of shooting. Um, I'm still designing towards the end of the shooting schedule. Uh, you know, the, the last set on the schedule um, doesn't get designed until somewhere towards the end of the process. It just doesn't. We do enhance the sets very often um probably more and more um uh, the sets i think it's fair to say on one and two were more complete than they are now that's what all movies are doing of course or, or most of them i mean it, it is a, a technique that's growing and growing and uh, movies like star wars are you know I guess ninety-five percent blue screen and five percent, you know, physical set, or maybe even less than that. Um, we we do considerably more than that physically, but um, I think the ratio is changing. And I think also there is a, you know, there's maybe a tendency for 
to kind of hang on to the past and think, well, we'll do it the old physical way because it's it's probably cheaper. But sometimes it just um, it's just not good enough anymore. Um, you know, audience expectations are, are so high and the techniques so sophisticated. Um, sometimes CG does something better and more magically than you can ever do it physically. So we have to embrace that. The mail's here. Oh, great. Thanks. Welcome to this week's mailbag. I'm, again, Melissa, and I'm here this week with Sue. Hello. And that's right, Mr. Know-It-All. Yay. Hey, here I am. Yay. John, I'm excited. We get to hear some real um, theories from you now. I love answering voicemails. You haven't love, done it I'll, yet, though. Oh, well, I anticipate loving answering voicemails. Yeah. Love to hear from the voicemailers. Sue, how long do you think it will take for me to get annoyed at John's lack of HP knowledge in this segment? (laughs) I know. Um, About first question out. There you go. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I'm anticipating getting annoyed. I will astound you. John, you always astound me. I have have listened to all the audiobooks on hyperspeed this week in the car. Oh, so no. I can cram it all in real Harry quickly. Potter and the Chipmunks. I listen. I listen to book. I listen to the book four audio CDs in three and a half hours. Uh huh. It was perfect. Yep. Uh, oh, John. I'm much Speed more knowledgeable now. Huh? That's a new. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. find okay. out, won't we? Okay. Well, then let's go. Let's start. Ready? Hi, my name is Kate, and I'm from Tennessee. And I was wondering if any adults who are really against Harry Potter have called this voicemail box and left messages, like, for religious reasons, you know? And, um, I love your show. Bye. Um, no. (laughs) It's surprising, right? Nothing. Yeah. It's incredibly surprising that people who don't like Harry Potter actually (laughs) listen to Pottercast and then continued to voicemail us. You know, I would, I would, I would say that that was intuitive what you just said that oh right because only people who love harry potter listen to the podcast but you know we get plenty of people yeah. over at leaky who don't love harry potter why are you what are you doing on a fan site so yeah. i don't put it past these people to listen to us on yeah those are always know. my favorite comments on our boards is when we post something about you know you know the book came out in china today and they, they post harry potter's stupid what do you care about it comes out in china you know, what the, what are you doing on right. our site then? What the hell? Go to ESPN.com. Yeah. <laughs> well, Don't come to us. <laughs> Read about basketball or something right. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next. But I was wondering, what kind of recording program do you use to record your talking on Skype to publish your podcast? Thanks, guys. Well, they asked what kind of recording program, and I wanted this on here. We used to do um, podcasts, and I wanted to put this on here because we get so many questions a week on how on how we record the show, what we do. Okay. Yeah, beats so, hell out of me. John, had <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. Yep. Well, what happens is uh, everybody um, overnights me a CD of their recordings. Yeah. And it arrives at my door, and I point my magic wand at it, and it immediately <laughs> edits itself, and that's the end of the game. And then I, and oh, then I wish. I, I mail it to Mr. Internet, and he puts it together for me. <laughs> Mr. Internet. Yeah. I want to meet Mr. Internet. Oh, he he knows all about every web page. Is he asked Jeeves? Well, Jeeves is a cousin of his, actually. Is he asked Peeves? 
Well, peeves. Peeves. The yes. peeves. I love peeves. <laughs> peeves podcasting. There you go. It's brought well, to no, you by anyway, the peeves what, 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 we, what we really do is we, we um, well, like we are right now, we're talking on a program called Skype. S-K-Y-P-E, which I think um, a few of you have started to download, so you can send us uh, voicemails, too. Yes, you have. And each, mm-hmm. uh, each one of us individually record our side of the conversations, and then once that's done, everybody uh, sends me uh, their files, their own sides of the conversation, and then I use a program called uh, Cool Edit Pro, which I think um, the newest edition has been purchased by Adobe, the people who do Adobe Photoshop, and that's called Adobe Audition. But it's just a similar, it's a, a multi-track recording platform, and it's pretty easy to use, and we line it all up, and we try to take off as much static and heavy breathing and all the other annoying things that we don't like to listen to, and wrap it all together and put a, a little bow on it, package it up for you. And yeah. And a lot of times, um, like John does, John does a lot of the um, John does all the technical elements of it, and I I edit, I edit a lot for content. I'll yep, I'll take absolutely. a I'll take a twenty minute um, fan interview and get it down to eight in a yeah, snap. Exactly, exactly. Melissa is awesome at knowing which is which things are more interesting than others. Well, basically, so she does that, and then I. It's a really easy yardstick. What happens is when I yawn, I know I've got a cut. <laughs> what I'm listening to. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Um, what else? Is there anything else special about recording the show? And a headset. And a headset. And a That's another yep. thing. If, I mean, podcasting is really simple and really cheap, but there there are some expenses. It, in the beginning, we were all using these terrible microphones and our internal mics and our computers. Yeah. They just, no, you don't want to do that. You need to spend some money on a microphone. A lot of us have the Plantronics DSP 500 headset mic, which yes. used to be like 150 bucks, but now it's down to 50 on Amazon. So um, a lot of us have sort of um, ponied up for that, and it's in- increased our recording quality tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. A good mic, and there's a lot of great free software available, and you can have a podcast. Okay, there you go. Everybody should have a podcast now. Go out and make a podcast. Okay, you ready? Next one. Hey, Pottercast. This is um, Chris from Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, J.K. Rowling says that complex spells require a wand, but do we know if Horcruxes require a wand? When Harry and Voldemort experience Priori Incantatum in the Goblet of Fire, we see no evidence of Horcruxes from Voldemort's wand. There's no Harry, no Harry Scar, no Nagini. We do see Wormtail's hand and Cedric, Frank Bryce with his walking stick, Bertha Jorkins, Lily, and then James Potter. The only possible Horcruxes I can see are Wormtail's hand and Frank Bryce's walking stick, both of which Harry forgot to tell Dumbledore about when he told him the experience. What do you think? Just curious. Thanks. Bye. Well, his okay. He said that... If a Horcrux is a complex spell, then according to J.K. Rowling, it should require a wand. And if a Horcrux requires a wand, then when a Priori Incantatum happens in Book 4, we should see some manifestation of the creation of the Horcrux if Harry is a Horcrux. So, does this shoot down the Harry is a Horcrux theory? Well, not to me, because I don't think that spell of the Priori in Katanum or whatever, it has to do... I, I disagree with that. I, I, I disagree with his premise that it requires... Um, the That spell will show that the actions of them being killed. It, won't, it so, won't show the actions. 
the primary cantatum should so should show which spells have been performed. Yeah. Some some incarnation of a spell that's been performed. So if a Horcrux spell has been performed, we should see some sort of incarnation. The wand meets its brother. They will not work properly against each other. If the owners of the wands force the wands to do battle, a very rare effect will take place. One of the wands will force the other to regurgitate spells it has performed in reverse. The most recent first. So it's spells it's performed. So the theory that he's presenting to us is that if if Voldemort's wand was used to create a horcrux after his evaporation or whatever, or before book four, then we should see... You know, in between the killing of Lillian James and Book Four, then there should be some sort of manifestation of the the spell that made the Horcrux in that Priori Incantatum, and there isn't. So, if for, for there to have been a Horcrux created after Lillian James died, it would have to be Frank Bryce or you know um, Vol- Pettigrew's hand. Well, the the flaw is, of course, then that he, Voldemort did those those Horcruxes before he killed James and Lily. Because we didn't go past that point, right? In well, that, in that well, so what he's saying, I don't think it. Dip, I don't think it proves it or disproves it either way. Because no, the uh, the stopping point. No, no, no. What he's saying is that if the, if a Horcrux was created after James and Lily was were killed, meaning if Harry's a Horcrux, meaning if his wand was used to create any other Horcrux, then we have to see some manifestation of of it in Priori and Cantatum at the end of Book Four, which does make sense because we do see Frank Bryce's death. We do see the. Pettigrew's hand. So if there was a Horcrux created from the time that Harry's parents were killed up until book four, then we should have seen something of it. Hmm. Well, I just... Alright. I'm just going to be quiet. I disagree. I'm going to weigh in here. I'm going to weigh in here. Now, with this, um, the the wand's throwing up all the spells that it did before. That, That whole thing just seems a little screwy to me because it's only showing, what, the 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 murders... The Frank Rice thing, Majigger, the hand, all that stuff. But are you telling me that nowhere in between all that did was that wand used to do any other mundane little spell? Like there's never a time that he was in a dark room and he had the Lumos something, or he never transfigured anything to make life no. a little easier at that moment. He uh, never used his wand no. for anything else but those little things. Up until that time that wand was not in use. Up until that time, Voldemort didn't have a body. It uh-huh. did. It did regurgitate the times he used it for for um, torture. You did hear screams. Oh, you, you did hear screams. Yeah, maybe it's far fetched to believe that Pettigrew never used it, but we don't know what he was doing. He could have used. He could have stolen a wand from somebody and been using it all this time and not not been using Voldemort's. Okay, so then let's assume that the wand that that whole throwing up thing um is showing every single spell. Then now. To, to create a Horcrux, if Harry is supposedly a Horcrux, obviously to create a Horcrux is more difficult than just using the killing curse on somebody, or else it wouldn't be such a rare thing to hear about. He had to get this knowledge from Slughorn to figure yeah. out this complex procedure to make these Horcruxes, so obviously there's some kind of incantation involved. And yeah. obviously if Harry is a Horcrux, that incantation needed to happen but it wouldn't have been possible for that to happen because he used the killing curse on Harry. And from that point on, he has no condition to curse anything else. Yeah. So, I mean... All right. I'm with you on that one. I don't. I think I think it required a wand, and, and Voldemort was in no shape to be using yeah. a wand. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Right, okay, let me ask you this. I, this may be cause just proving my ignorance now, but I don't understand. So if this is showing every spell, then why didn't it show Voldemort trying to kill Harry? Because it was, it was, it didn't get to that point. It stopped at that point, remember? Well, let me get to it. I, I still, I've never believed all along that Harry is a Horcrux. I just, I've never believed that, but I have trouble saying that this definitively proves that Harry is not a Horcrux. Yeah. I don't think it definitively disproves it. Shoots down the theory that Harry's a Horcrux. Yes. It's a good. It's a good thought. I don't think the whole idea of him being a Horcrux doesn't make any sense. Period. What What would he gain by making <laughs> Harry a Horcrux if he has by to go out of his way to make Harry a Horcrux? Well, the theory also also a lot. Uh, most people's theories presupposes that it was an accident that ha- he did not mean to make Harry a Horcrux. But uh, how the hell do you accidentally wacky? make a Horcrux? That's my then thing it, too. Everybody would be making Horcruxes by accident. Well, I mean, all if, the, if all he the had evil wizards and all that. Well, if there if there were preparations that he had to put in place before going there, and you know, if he had prepared to make Harry a Horcrux or to make something a Horcrux from that night, say something from the house, something to signify that would be a Horcrux. If he had made all these preparations and then something went wrong and his spell was already in motion and blah blah blah, I I, I don't buy it. I, I'm just I'm not I with mean, it. That'd be, I mean that's. You know, elaborate, obviously. I don't know if wands carry any kind of auto spell scheduling command. <laughs> like, immediately after this spell, please perform these more spells, regardless these of whether or not the, the person the person can cast them, because they've just been ripped from their body. Um, it was in his it was in his palm pilot. Yes, it was. It was in his planner under goals, as I steal from Veronica Mars. Does he have his own Burberry, does he? Voldemort <laughs> does. Yeah. He's got, the, he's got the Voldemort trio. <laughs> he's got the the evil overlord skin on it. Yeah. yeah. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Day planner. Death, death, death. Lunch. Death, death, death. death. Lunch. <laughs> torture. That's, that's torture. Also torture. I shouldn't take yeah. credit for an Eddie's joke, but that's... Um, yeah, no, that's um, good though. Death, yeah, death, no, death, no lunch. stealing jokes. I'm gonna have to death, hear about death, the death, light tea. Yeah, you will hear about the thing again. Okay, next, next voicemail, please. Hey guys, it's Connor. I live in Newport, Rhode Island, and I love the Pottercast. And I was wondering if you agree with me. I've been, I've been uh, talking with my friends a lot this week. And we've come to the conclusion that there is a an extreme resemblance between Peter Pettigrew and Neville Longbottom. And we were wondering if you guys thought that there was any chance that Neville bec- could become evil or rat out Harry or something like that. So um, tell me what you guys think. All right. Great podcast. Bye. Here's what we all think. No. Next. No. No. <laughs> John, you're not even allowed to weigh in. No. I'm not even allowed Next. to weigh in. No. The answer to that is no. How dare you, as J.K. Rowling would say. No. Neville is a... No. Mm-mm. Oh, Neville's always been pretty jealous of Harry. Not even... A, no, he hasn't. <laughs> show me... Show me when Neville's jealous. Show me... I, I never... I don't remember Neville being jealous ever of Harry. I vote no. No. The answer to that is definitively no. Um, okay, so guys, that that was it, John. I think I think you didn't annoy me at all during this thing. Hey, you know, I hardly even got started. All right, well, if you have questions for us, for John, next week, uh, Kristen will be back with us. She had some issues to attend to this week, but Kristen will be back on the mailbag segment next time. 
I know she's awesome. Uh, so if you want to leave us a voicemail so that we, you can ask your question on the show, our username on Skype is Pottercast. And you can, you know, if you have Skype, S-K-Y-P-E dot com, you can leave us a voicemail there. Or if you're in, in the U.S., you can call us at one four two five two nine six two four four five, which is also one four two five by magic with a K. If you're in the UK, it's that plus, we don't know what the deal is with the plus number, plus <laughs> zero, zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two. That's 020-719-3272. You can send a recording of your voice to staff at pottercast.com. And that is it, ladies and gents. Yes, don't forget the little plus thing. We love when you, we, we love listening to the voicemails, man. I know. Voicemails and are the, the best. As you've seen, if you do something wacky on the voicemail, we might just play it in another part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like if you sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, no one liked that, though. Nobody liked <laughs> I can't believe the response we got to that. I know. It was fantastic. Write us a song and sing it. It could be set to another to another tune. We don't, you know, to an existing tune. You don't have to be a composer. Set a, write us a song, sing it, leave us a voicemail, and... And we'll play them on the next. On the uh, next I want to hear somebody write words to like the the Hedwig's theme or Harry's Wondrous World theme. I want to hear words to those songs. Okay, Th- that's open too. You can do stuff to to the Harry Potter music, or you can do something to an existing song. They call them filks in the in the fan world. Yes, it's a song whose words are changed to go with Harry Potter, or yes. you know, or any fan thing. So for a Harry Potter filk, it would be a song changed. If you remember back when we did get a clue, the first one, Heidi changed the words to a song from Les Mis to match. To like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she did. It was one day more. It was about our, our yeah. auction effort. That's a filk. So, so if you want to write us a filk and sing it, yeah. we would love to play some of you singing on the next podcast. Again, those numbers are one four two five two nine six two four four five, or in the UK plus zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two. Don't forget the plus. Yay! Write us, call us. <laughs> Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Well, welcome back, guys. We're here to finish up this week. We went away. We all went away and came right back. Yep. Yeah, quick. Quick. Yep. Costume change. Bam. Um, quick change. So, guys, um, there are a bunch of new ways to support Pottercasts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new... There, Yahoo has a new directory, and we're listed in it. They actually... They listed us before they even went live. They emailed us to let us know that we were going to be listed. Um, I think we were the only Harry Potter-related podcast to be listed right Yay. live. There might have been that Secrets of Harry Potter guy or something. Um, so that was exciting. That was really nice. And we yeah. also... Um, well, I don't know. I don't, there are, you go to podcast.com. You can see all the ways to support us. I don't like doing that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us how? Maybe maybe we can figure out somebody else to tell us. Tell everybody how. Yes. How yes. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's ask somebody. Let's see if we can special call guest. A special guest here. Okay. You think somebody else will do that for us? Well, I think they, they might. might. Oh. Whether they want to or not. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Here they go. Now, as you know, we're on iTunes, which we really can't control how high up on the list we are in the ratings. Unless we have subscribers. But um, Podcast Alley, I know most of you have heard of it. We have a link to it on Potter. podcast.com. We ask that once a month, 
just vote for us. All you got to do is click on the link on podcast.com. It says vote for us on Podcast Alley. Click on that, insert your email, then uh, confirm your email with them, and then it'll count as a vote for us. And we like being high up on that list in the top ten, in the ratings. I'm sure we can make it to number one in the ratings. Yeah, just do it once a month, because they reset the votes each month. So it's like a whole new contest every month. It's kind of strange, but... So, if you could just give us a vote over there, get some up on the rankings! Show how much you love us in the ratings. Thanks a lot, guys. That was very helpful. Bless you guys are the best! Oh, our muggle guys are so nice to us, aren't they? Such enthusiasm for the most important things. You might say they felt they felt they felt even bound to do that. They did. I think, so. I think they felt like they had no choice. They did. It was absolutely the opposite of pathetic. Exactly <laughs> what it was. The opposite. Polar opposite. Oh gosh. Oh boys, we'll have so much fun with them in New York. It'll be silly. Can't wait. Oh. Ridiculous. Updates on the live. What are the updates on the live podcast? The live podcast, November twelfth, Barnes and Noble on sixty sixth and Broadway. We're getting our audio stuff together. We've got an audio guy. We've got. Um, we're starting to rent our equipment and get all our formats in order, and um, it's getting really exciting. Lots yeah. of people are still coming. Oh my god! If everybody who RSVPs actually shows up, mm-hmm. we're going to need three rooms to yeah. start. It's, it just really sucks that Barnes & Noble said that they could only have a seat 25 people and that the first yeah. 25 they get there just to sit down. Don't listen to him, people. Do not. Do not. You know, if you've made it this far, you know not to listen to him anyway, so it's okay. You're going to get in. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get you. No, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that either because <laughs> there's a lot of people coming, but we're going to try and hook into the PA system in the store so that wherever you are in the store, you can hear it because I really do think that the entire store is going to be full. Well, if you want to bring with you a, a chicken chipotle burrito with you for me, that you automatically get a seat. You and these chipotles. <laughs> Jeez, you have that burrito. You're sleeping in a different hotel room, my friend. <laughs> hey, careful now. Just I'm saying. Not. I'm just saying. We're all sharing a hotel room that night. I'm going to put you on the balcony. How much do you want to tell them, Melissa? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, um, I, I, speaking of John Noe, I went into the Wiki P.O. box today. Yes, uh-oh. You did? Uh-oh. Kimmy Blair. <laughs> Kimmy, thank God for you. Kimmy! Kimmy, you must be like a millionaire because thank she just God keeps sending you. us stuff. John, this may be the best thing ever. Uh-oh, uh-oh, God. <laughs> she said an ABBA greatest hit CD for you. No, she didn't. <laughs> Not that I like them or anything. <laughs> Guys, I have to tell a story. The first time I met John, he took me to see Out of the Musical. Well, I was just trying to be nice. It was a wonderfully wonderful gesture, but it still was Out of the Musical. We had a great time. I loved it. But yeah. John's first thing to do was take me to see Abba the Musical. I actually won the tickets on the radio, or else I wouldn't have even thought Oh, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We, we got uh, this pop from... Um, Burger King, but it was only half a second, so you might have missed it. But half a second, eight million dollars. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Podcasts are gold mines. <laughs> oh, hey. Also, I'm speaking of, of of casts. Elaine, who is Kyrene from the Lounge, hey, sent Hi. us the Noe cast. Oh, I yes. Unsolicited, yes, she sent us yes. unsolicited. We didn't ask for this. Yes. She sent, but she sent it. 
a a, um, a, a mix of all the John's best moments. And it's so good, and it's so funny, and I jazzed it up a little bit. I put it to music, and we, we have uploaded it. If you want to show your support for Powdercast and help us get new subscribers, then you have to subscribe to us yourselves. That gets us up in the ranking, and that helps more people find us. You, you heard our friends from MuggleNet, though. They'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> just just replace the, the Muggle with a Potter, and you're all set to go. John, I'm glad you're shameless. Mm-hmm. One of us has to be shameless. Uh, no, yeah. I volunteer. No one likes me anyway. That, I need to lose some is... shame. So if you are direct downloading this baby, yeah. sorry guys, you got to subscribe. Luck. And the easiest way to do that is iTunes. All right, are we done? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for you guys to get up here, but I don't know where I'll be living. So <laughs> I know I said you guys are supposed to stay with me, but I might be staying in a box in Greenwich Village or something. Make sure so. it's a large box. It's a large box for the three of us. Yeah, I'm looking for an apartment. Awesome. You know, you should advertise that. I bet people will, you know, maybe... If anybody has any extra rooms... Yeah. No, yeah, okay, so, okay, yeah, let's let's do a little experiment. Melissa is in the market for a one-bedroom or a studio in Brooklyn on... So, she can't pay a lot. (laughs) So, if you... Help her out. Please help our Melissa out. Don't let her live in the streets every day. I can feel the shame just leaving me now. No, this isn't shameless. I'll help you. <laughs> Melissa wants a one-bedroom studio apartment. Or studio. Different or things, studio. John. Or studio. Yeah. Yes. She can pay $230 a month. Yes, that's how much. <laughs> there you go. If, if anybody has eight cubic feet available. <laughs> that's even, that's too low for eight cubic feet in New York. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> In New York, that will buy you, like, I don't know, the width of three pairs of shoes. Like a mailbox. <laughs> like a mailbox, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking eight to a thousand at the least for a tiny, tiny studio in yes. Brooklyn. All right. Well, we're getting boring now. We so are. We're extremely that. boring. <sighs> All right. Yes. If you are a subscriber, then on to the Noe cast. If not, mm. see you next week. Oh. Or you can download us again through iTunes. But what people don't understand, first of all, we just have to say this: it's not like you have to spend money. You don't need an iPod. You don't need you don't need anything but a computer. You download iTunes. It's free, and you subscribe to us through that. Very cool. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. It was great. Yeah. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. I'm John M. Parker, <laughs> ending podcast nine. <laughs> oh gosh. We love you guys. Have a good week. Bye bye. 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 We've missed it. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> so, if you could just give us a vote over there, kids, up on the rankings. Show how much you love us in the ratings.